This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news. The week of September 14th, 2019. Constellation seems to be closing Ballast Point tap houses. Probably shouldn't have spent that whole Ballast Point. What will Boston beer make next? Probably weed. Pepsi pays you to drink it. That sounds healthy. Get to running, Sequench. I'll listen more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get right to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Constellation Brands is to close another Ballast Point tap room, this time in Virginia, because Virginia can't catch a break. Seriously. Yeah, really, <laughs> man. So, no, they're, are they trading off with these? Because they've been opening a bunch and then closing a bunch. Like, is there this trade because they opened that new one? At uh, at Disneyland. Oh, well, yeah. the New York had, uh, headquartered beer, wine, and spirits giant plans to close its tap room in Daleville, uh, Daleville, uh, Virginia, uh, production facility uh, by the end of September, according to the Roanoke Times. This is uh, from Brewbound, by the way. Uh, Constellation will also cut 25 full and part-time workers, as well as 16 temporary employees. The outlet reported. Uh, Maggie Bowman, Senior Director of Communications for Constellation Brands Beer Division, confirmed that Brewbound, to Brewbound that the tap room will close on September 29th. Uh, Bowman also shared the following statement. As seen throughout the beer industry, growth in craft beer is being driven uh, largely by local brands. With that, we are uh, appropriately relocating Alice Point, Ballast Point Investments uh, to drive growth in core local markets. Uh, we thank the local da- da- uh, Daleville community and its surround, uh, surrounding neighbors and our taproom employees for the support and dedication over the past couple of years. We will continue to make a positive impact in the local economy through operation of Daleville Brewing Facility, which will represent a robust hub of uh, Constellation's future innovations in support of our specialty portfolio. This comes five months after Constellation Brands closed Ballast Point's trade street sour beer and barrel aging uh, facility in San Diego and a brew pub in Temecula, uh, I'm guessing at that, uh, and pulled the plug on plans to open a brew pub in San Francisco. The San Diego location opened in 2016, while the uh, Temecula location opened in 2016. So none of these have been opened very long. So these were all new ones that they might be going, yeah, we didn't need to put one of these... Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. it was an entire barrel aging facility that they closed. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Ouch. Facility and brew pub. Ouch. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So that's that's a shame. Uh, the decision to shutter these pubs and abandon plans for the San Francisco outpost followed a 180 million impairment charge recorded by Constellation at two Ballast Points trademarks, essentially admitting. It overpaid when it bought the uh, business for one ballast point back in two thousand nine, uh, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, uh, who who could have seen that that might have been uh, an overpayment? Wow. Uh, Constellation previously recorded an eighty-seven million impairment charge to ballast point trademarks in June twenty seventeen. So they've known for a while. Yeah, and and keep 
keep that in mind. They spent a ballast point to buy a ballast point, and the complete purchase of Founders recently is now being valued at just under two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's so never close to to a whole ballast point. Yeah. So uh, San Miguel, like looking at this, you're going, wow. That that was Founders was valued at under two hundred million. That feels like a steal, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's a steal at twice the price. Uh, yeah, uh, Virginia Governor Terry McAuffley hailed the winning uh, craft brewery projects as a top priority for the state. And he said, truly, Virginia has become a leader in the industry for craft beer lovers, he said. Uh, however, West Coast craft brewers who built in the East Coast facilities in Virginia haven't felt the love as craft beer growth has slowed in recent years. With San Diego's Green Flash shuttering its uh, location in uh, Virginia Beach in 2000, March 2018, barely a year after opening, uh, it was later, later sold at bank auction to Atlanta's New Realm Brewing. Plus, Deschutes backed out of its plan in Roanoke. And now this. They're just having a banner year out in Virginia. I know, right? And the, the, it, before it seemed like, oh, this is a great, like, but no, the way that they're, a great second other place to go, really. It is all this, the transplants, they can't. Like they can't take root there, it's that's really odd considering it's just over the border uh, into yeah oh North Carolina, Let's yeah say, uh, Asheville, transplants Where... are having no problem taking root there. New Belgium's in and they're good. Uh, Sierra Nevada is in and they're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, this is a shame, but I also haven't been like super excited about ballast point in some time so i'm kind of like yeah "Yeah." i mean part of it is they're just getting you know overshadowed in the market like no one talks about them there's no buzz about them not anymore when the purchase first happened everyone was stoked because sculpin was everywhere it was something like oh wow it's like a it's a really damn decent ipa it still is the base sculpin and then we started getting all the uh, the weird variants, especially even on some of their like their stouts and porters. You're getting all these variants, and we all got excited, and we we're seeing them. And then we were finally able to try them, and everyone immediately went, "Oh, this is all just like chemical flavoring, and none of it's like real." Yeah, they they pushed out too fast, and it didn't didn't quite work out for them, I guess. Uh, you know, it's a shame, but you know, here we are. Uh, you know where that is. Where uh, Boston Beer is looking at weed. And I was trying to think of <laughs> an some alternate kind, universe, yeah. Some kind of good pun for this. <laughs> I mean, I got nothing. Well, uh, Boston Beer CEO. Always a good decision. <laughs> we're looking at cannabis after success of hard seltzer business. Yeah, those are definitely connected. Uh, the CEO of Boston Beer told CNBC on Friday that the brewer is looking to enter the cannabis market next after its success in the hard seltzer business. Success? It's a <laughs> bit of a stretch, isn't it? Well, uh, no, uh, everything I've been seeing recently uh, with you know this being, having been the the summer of the claw, everyone compares it like all the all the write ups I'm seeing right now are comparing. Um, Truly to White Claw. That's, that so, seems right. So that's so truly is going to have it's going to be truly autumn. <laughs> Probably yes. 
It'll be the truly autumn, the winter of truly. It'll be outrageous. Uh, truly, um, truly outrageous. So uh, it says we're not going to be the first one in, but we're going to study and learn uh, once the hard seltzer category develops. <laughs> we'll play it sometimes down the road. Um, that. That is that is basically Boston's Boston beer's business strategy. Yeah. You want to be first into the market? No, 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 no. They are the apple no. of the beer world. Not oh, guys. someone else made this. All right, someone try this. They're gonna let tell some, me what you. Yeah, they're gonna wait until it's it's ironed out, and then they're gonna come in and be like, ha ha. <laughs> no, with seltzers, they so they weren't first, but they were like second. They were the hot second. It was expect like everyone was like, oh, that's gonna be what everyone wants, and then. White Claw comes flying in, underdog, and takes it over. They, but they this, come in going, White Dog, uh, White Claw coming in going like, you ain't third, you're last. <laughs> so I have a feeling that it's, it, they're just waiting to see what happens with Constellation. They're like, we're going to, we have people watching every point of this, and if it doesn't crash and burn in like the next six months, mm. we're going to consider. Well, so, okay, so that's on this hard seltzer front. Well, as the cannabis market is emerging, several beverage brands have started to dabble in the space. In 2017, Corona Beer Maker Constellation Brands bought a near 10% stake in Canopy Growth Corporation. Lagunitas, owned by Heineken, launched a cannabis-infused sparkling water to be sold in select locations in California. Berwick, uh, the CEO, said, Until Boston Beer moves into the cannabis market, it will be, quote, happy to grow double digits with the portfolio that it has. The hard seltzer category has expanded in the last few years. According to market research firm Nielsen, sales of the alcoholic beverage grew roughly 200% over the last year. Uh, Boston Beer's truly hard seltzer water makes up about 29% of the market share, uh, saying that they tripled the brand last year. Uh, And this year, we're going to come just short of tripling it again. Uh, It says we're investing a lot. The company's flagship brand, Sam Adams, experienced two years of dramatic decline starting in 2015, but after the launch of its hard seltzer brand, its stock turned around. The sparkling beverage helped offset the losses of Sam Adams in April 2018. Then, by the end of June of that year, Boston Beer's stock gained $100 per share, reaching $300. As of August 30th, 2019, the stock is about $440 per share growing nearly 80% year-to-date. Nice. Berwick told CNBC that hard seltzers have disrupted the broader beer business the way craft beer did in the 80s. It's that, much of, uh, it's that much of a change. It's sort of a gold rush right now. Everybody's trying to get as much shares as they can, which is kind of what we said before. I mean, that's all accurate. Also, this headline is basically clickbait because it's like, it just talks about cannabis, and it's like, yeah, we're going to look into that at some point. But anyway, hard seltzer is doing really well. Look, ju- yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a way of them talking about, like, look, not only are they talking about doing weed, but they are, you know, they're doing well in hard seltzers. So if they can make that work, what else can they make work? Yeah. It's a lot like that uh, title that I clicked on and finished the whole article and realized they never actually talked about like with any heart I, I clicked on something it was talking about um henry cavill possibly being wolverine They're like is he switching to the mcu to be wolverine and in my head i'm like i don't think he's right for that and i was wondering what evidence they had towards this they had none uh, it they needed someone as jacked as uh hugh jackman and henry cavill the, uh, the, pretty literally jacked. all they said in it is 
Is he switching sides? He's out on DC. He's already said he's not doing any more DC movies. Will Marvel snatch him up? We'll have to wait and see. And then I'm like, you never even said anything about him being Wolverine. And then your title was literally saying that. What? You define clickbait. <laughs> I was I was angry and yeah, I, I closed it clicking very hard. Yeah. <laughs> you tricked me. Where, where was this from? Was it from Screen Rant? Because they're, they're, or, uh, I think it was. Because uh, they were real bad. Like, there was something they had done before, too, that I was like, well, this is some clickbait. Nope, shutting this off. <laughs> yeah, I was angry. All right. Um, well, uh, you know what uh, won't make you angry? Uh, I don't know. Will it? Will, will Pepsi make me angry? I mean, Only sometimes. I, <laughs> if, I, if I drink it knowing I could have had a Coke, it'll make me angry. Uh. Uh, so, <laughs> do you wish soft drink makers would stop using point systems for reward programs and simply give you cold, hard cash? You're about to get your wish. In a manner of speaking, that is. Pepsi is launching a Pepcoin loyalty program. That, uh, right? No, that sounds like some kind of dystopian future. Your Pepcoin. That's, uh, isn't, isn't Pep the, the, the brand from uh, uh, the soda from DuckTales? Yeah, it's Pep. <laughs> Immediately what I thought was like, Pepcoin, seriously? Uh, but it's their new loyalty program that awards you for buying both a single-serve beverage and a free-to-lay snack by sending money to PayPal and Venmo accounts. Uh, if you scan enough codes on bottles and bags, you'll receive a little bit of cash. You'll have to earn $2 before it goes to the account. But this is real spending money. You can use it to pay your share of last night's pizza. The Beverage oh. Behemoth tells Engadget, where we source this story, this is a permanent program. This is a permanent program. You won't be under pressure to have soft drinks and chips at every given opportunity. And even if uh, there were, or there will be undoubtedly, be an incentive to pick them uh, when you're satisfying a craving at the convenience store. So, yeah. I mean, if you're Yeah, out, you're just walking through going, oh, you know what? I could use an extra 50 cents. Let's spend $4 to get that Pepsi and the bag of chips. Yeah, because oh, I'll get paid back a little, little bit eventually. Uh, this is definitely an uncommon promo and reflects how online payments have grabbed a foothold. It is certainly easier than converting points uh, to asking stores to pay customers. The question is whether or not people will embrace the program in large numbers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. No. Yes. People will want the, want the really? money. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no, people are going to find ways to game this, and I already know how a lot of people are going to game it. And mm -hmm. uh, just like, look, I know people, thanks to my career, who uh, when they Robin. Give, whenever they give away uh, Xboxes and stuff and you have to turn in points, people like where I work band together and by the end of the promo, every one of them has gotten multiple Xboxes mm. because mm -hmm. they're in, in an industry that allows them to scrape up every last unused point in any kind of promo like this. And I was like, you're, if you're turning this into whole cold hard cash, no, the like <clears throat> you're gonna create an underground like it's just gonna be a mafia. <laughs> it's gonna be a Pepsi Point mafia. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, they probably figured that was gonna happen. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, it just feels like they're like let's incentivize you to buy our stuff, especially over Coke. Why would you buy a Coke? They're not gonna give you money. 
Who's going to pay you? We're going to pay you. Hasn't Coke had the points thing for a while, or did they get rid of it? Uh, everyone's had, like, point things go on mm. for a limited that, This says it's a permanent program. Hmm. Yeah. This is, like, moving forward, you can just amass money with this. Uh, you know what else, you, know what you can spend that money on? What's that? Shoes. Yeah. Uh, I need some shoes. Uh, so Dogfish Head's Sequench Ale is now a shoe. Which <laughs> uh, that seems structurally unsound, uh, as it is a liquid. I'm like, meh, let's do it. So I didn't realize before, and then it made complete sense when I thought about it. But Sequench was actually designed for a running beer, like a post yeah, it's a beer. It's a oh. recovery. It's was, supposed to be like you can drink this, and you know, after a run or. I yeah. was waiting for you to be like, it was actually designed to be a shoe. Turns out, who knew? <laughs> okay, so we're good at that. Um, because oh, dogfish head. The, the, the box will turn itself into a shoe. <laughs> we, were, we were watching Nerdist earlier, and there, and there was a lot of, like, because comics. And now I just want to be like, because dogfish head. <laughs> like, that's about the same thing. Uh, okay, so dogfish head craft brewery is taking health-conscious beer drinking to new heights with its recent sneaker collaboration with Merrill? Merrill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't know that brand. Damn uh, good shoes. Cool. Damn fine. Um, so the the shoe is billed as a more sustainable trail runner inspired by our favorite post-run beer, Sequench Ale. Uh, the shoe is designed with inspiration from Dogfish Head's Sequench Ale, featuring the beer brand's seafoam green packaging color scheme, as well as the Dogfish Head logo and slogan. The sneakers are made with sustainable materials, including recycled water bottles and algae. Uh, Sequench Ale, a session sour beer made with black lime, lime juice, and sea salt, yum, is the best-selling sour beer in the U.S. Dogfish Head co-founder Sam Calgione loves it so much, he'd marry it. So it's no surprise Man, his, to see the brand in, expand into outerwear. I like to imagine his it's wife not... just looking at him like, uh-huh, I'm right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I can't drink you. <laughs> and then it gets weird. Uh, maintaining an active lifestyle is all about balance. Go for a trail run or a gym workout, then reward yourself with a cold can of sequench ale, said Calgione. Uh, the limited edition shoe is available on Merrill.com and at select retailers for $110 per pair, including oh, a dogfish head bottle opener for online purchases. Um, oh. Dogfish head and Merrill also plan to donate $10,000 to the Conservation Alliance. That's cool. Oh. So if I, Dogfish made the running shoes, does that mean that uh, Boston Beer is going to do a, like, Sam Adams-themed windbreaker? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think what would be more Sam Adams, Sam Adams-y for them. Uh, a running powdered wig? I don't know. <laughs> Sure. I don't know. There's there's probably something. Maybe just a headband. Uh, it'll probably um, be a full news story for us coming up, but Adidas, speaking of footwear and beer, is uh, releasing their yearly Oktoberfest sneaker that oh, is yeah. beer oh, repellent, yeah. and it's like the the laces. I really liked the one last year. It's the same thing again. Like oh, okay. They're just re-releasing that shoe. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I actually don't hate this shoe. Just putting that out there. Like, no, I, I like it. I normally don't even like that color, but like, it looks really nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn it. <laughs> I'm just surprised that Merrill Lynch is making shoes. 
I mean, is it just no. me? I've never heard of this brand. I feel so I haven't either. That's but why I, I don't like running. Pick, so. uh, whatever Merrill Lynch is. <laughs> I, I was fighting between buying my last pair of running shoes, a pair of Brooks or a pair of Merrill's. So. Okay. Merrill, they, they make all kinds of stuff, running stuff, hiking stuff. It's all right, okay. real big at REI, which is why I know it. Gotcha. You know who I wish would be selling things at REI? Would it be Highland Park? Yeah, but I don't think uh, they're going to be making running gear anytime soon. Maybe a cooler. They can co-sponsor a cooler of some kind. <laughs> no, no, no. You just make some scotch, and you go run with that. <laughs> right. Run with your glass of scotch. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, in case you're wondering what Highland Park has been up to, they've decided to release their most peated scotch whiskey to date. Yes. Oh. They're the reason Pete's going out of, out of you know, it's going extinct yeah. or whatever you want to call it. They've been harvesting it. They've dug too deeply, too greedily. <laughs> uh, the Ark and Pete. <laughs> the Highland Park Distillery located in the Orkney Isles uh, region of Scotland is known for having a style of peated single malt whiskey that is slightly different than other regions. Because its peat is made up primarily of partially decomposed heather, it is it thus tends to be uh, a bit less smoky compared to that which comes from Isla. So, keeping this in mind, take note that Highland Park has released the last offering of its Viking Legend series, also calling this new expression its most peaty whiskey to date. The new Highland Park uh, Valfather according to those behind it, is named after Odin, uh, the mightiest of gods of Norse mythology. Interestingly, the distillery released a bottling some years back called Odin from its now discontinued Valhalla collection. Oh, that sounds like a great collection. I was just I saying, think of I'm, all the f- I'm on think, board for this so far. So no, think, you, of all the fun, think of all the fun you have in Valhalla when you're pouring scotch. Yes. No, you uh, open the article and look at the box. The, 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 the bottle's cool, too, but the box, I'm just like, because <gasps> it's that, got that uh, famous carving of Odin riding Sletnir. Yeah. Uh, it's described... Uh, his, his many-legged horse. It's yeah, so he, fast because it has so many legs, which is, like, the most basic understanding. It's like, it makes me just think, like, man, Vikings. Like, <laughs> ancient era rednecks going, like, I don't know, putting more legs on it. That thing will make it go faster. Basically orcs. Not wrong. <laughs> More legs and more penises, because the, there's a not work of penises coming off of Sletnir. Well, if you've got all those legs, something's got to go between them. <laughs> described and, your, as, and your male. <laughs> it's, the whiskey is described as being drawn from whiskey matured in refill casks and also as having high phenolic levels. Uh, Valfather and the whiskeys in the Viking Legend series uses more of our heavily peated malt, said Gordon Motion, master whiskey maker. Uh, Highland Park in a prepared statement, making the series more like cousins rather than a brother or sister to the core range. Look, they're Vikings. They don't care. The, the <laughs> love goes everywhere. Mm. Overall, this whiskey is the richest and smokiest in taste profile compared to the rest of the series and our classic whiskeys. Would this be technically a uh, a nephew to uh, to the all uh, to the Odin, as Sleipnir is the nephew of Odin? Yeah, I mean, 
Because <laughs> because Loki's his blood brother is what I'm getting at. It, it, his his own nephew that was then gifted to him. Because <laughs> because Loki couldn't handle everyone making fun of him. Because Loki didn't want to admit that when no one could find him for those for nine months <laughs> that he had he had been. I don't, I don't know. You can't say fathering. <laughs> he had been birthing. Okay. A, a mare. I think we've gone into this right. before. <laughs> we we love this. We love that story. It's it's, so it's one of the best Norse myths where just Loki is like, oh, fine. I outsmarted. I outsmarted no one. In I have to have to take one for the team to win a bet. <laughs> <laughs> to not be wrong. <laughs> well, and so Freya doesn't, you know, kill him. Uh, as well as our hallmark aromatic peat smoke, it tastes of creamy vanilla, toasted cedarwood, with a long floral aromatic finish, offset by notes of crisp apple and sweet fragrant pear. I'm picturing the cake song where it's like, it's a, uh, it's a short, short skirt. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, sh- it's a short toast, but a long floral. <laughs> <laughs> The Viking Legend series uh, noted the distillery rises in phenolic level throughout the collection, and each has its own distinctive taste profile. Valkyrie, uh, the first in the series, uses predominantly European sherry seasoned oak, while uh, Vulcanut uses American sherry seasoned oak and Orkney's tartan barley. Uh, Inspiration for the packaging design across the series comes from ancient picture stones, from Stora Hammers in Gotland, Sweden, the brand has partnered with Danish designer Jim Lidvlid to bring the collection to life. Uh, Highland Park Volfather is bottled at 47% ABV and priced at 60 pounds or around 75 US dollars. You'll find some official tasting notes below. And they are... Uh, well, we've already said them, you know. Yeah, yeah we've we've covered this. Crisp apple, sweet fragrant pear, vanilla. Yeah, it's, it's... warming paprika. I want it. Hmm. I want it bad. How bad? Do you do you want it? Do you, or would you rather live forever? You know, uh, given what they said to live forever. Who I, wants to live forever? I'll die tomorrow. Uh. <laughs> Well, I'll drink uh, from good, Vine Pear. I'll drink good beer and have sex and die tomorrow. From Vine Pear, spoilers, Chris. No sex and plenty of Guinness is the key to a long life, say Britain's oldest twins. I mean, you got to attribute it to, it to a, a something. happy life. <laughs> That's yeah. what you ask, like, at what cost? Yeah. Well, at 95, and Guinness isn't that bad. Uh, at 95, Lillian Lil Cox and Doris Hobday are Britain's oldest twins. The pair come, uh, became an internet sensation over the past month after their granddaughter, Carrie Clark, one of their granddaughters, I'm assuming, unless their family is weird. I don't know how that family tree would go then if they're both the same. <laughs> Got me. Uh, well, okay, I have some ideas, and there's a lot of jokes about back home that people would make, so let's move on. Uh Anyway, Clary, uh, Carrie Clark created a Facebook page dedicated to humorous posts and videos featuring the duo. 
Many of the videos have already racked up thousands of views, becoming no, uh, but nothing coming close to the stir they caused when they're on the revise for a long and healthy life. During a Monday appearance in a British daytime show this morning, that's a creative name, <laughs> uh, Cox revealed her secret to aging gracefully was no sex and plenty of Guinness. When asked why no sex by Holly Willoughby, one of the show's hosts, the 94-year-old woman responded, well, I don't have a husband. Well, that doesn't. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> it's part of her secret. It's how she's lived no so long. She the no six. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. The no sex and plenty of Guinness combo probably doesn't appeal to everyone, but Cox has a more has more life prolonging advice. So get ready for this: raw meat. Mmm. In particular, sausages. Just cut a link of sausage and spread it in your bread. She told the host, oh, it's nice. Or you can just cut one in two and put it in my mouth and cut the skin off. <laughs> that, that, um, so she doesn't have a husband and everything else sounds like making yeah. up for it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no. And the hilarious segment, the pair returned to their dressing room to find eight cans of Guinness and plenty more years of healthy life awaiting them. <laughs> The so. odd thing is, that's also very similar to what, um, was it Betty White? Who's also just like, I eat hot dogs all the time. Like, no, Betty just... White's was, yeah, it was, she eats hot dogs all the time, and until he died, it was sex with her husband. <laughs> she was like, up until the year her husband died, they were still doing it. It's what killed him. Can't keep up with Betty White. She's insatiable. Mm. So. That's a fact, actually. So, uh, she, she claims to not have sex, but still likes raw dog in it. Uh, I hope you feel good about that. <laughs> I do. I feel fantastic about it. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we'd like to remind everyone this is our news-only show, despite the last few comments. So we'd like to, but we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. We'll see you again next Saturday, uh, which is October 1st. Um, Once again, I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Five-year-old women. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>